This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Can you believe it? This is part six. We're going to call this the contrast. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful tonight, and I'm, I'm thankful, Father, for people who came out in cold weather. I thank you that in all labor there is profit. So we believe, Father, no one's wasting time tonight. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, his ability to help us, to teach us, to bring insight and inspiration, and our ability to hear, to understand, and to do. So, Lord, we thank you tonight. Open up our hearts. We open up our lives. We always learn something good from your word, which has the capacity to change us. And we give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Tonight I want to talk about the contrast, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the difference. When it says, well, Alan, if I, if I have faith in God, if, if I'm really trusting God, what does that look like? And so there, there's a great contrast in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you see a lot of pictures and types. They, ought to, they always need to line up with New Testament principles. But we're going to see a principle of, of the nation of Israel and how God gave them promises. And we're going to see a group of people who, doesn't, who do not believe the promise. And we're going to see a lot of people that do. Now, as I go through this tonight, I, I, was, I was just I was thinking, you know what? You always have to be careful because as a, as a teacher, as a preacher, when you see something in the Bible that's wrong, if you're not careful, you'll be like, and I can't believe these people did that. But you don't really want to do that because... You know, all of us have areas in our lives where, where we haven't done the right thing either. So the idea is you want to see what they did, you want to see it is wrong, and go, Lord, help me not to do that. Instead of, you know, instead of, again, this is probably more of a preacher thing than it is anyone else, but I've heard pe preachers preach this, and they're just like such disdain for these people did the wrong thing. I thought we've all done the same thing. So here's the, the nation of Israel has been stuck in Egypt for about 400 years. There was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had a son named Joseph. Joseph went to Egypt, and, and then Jacob and, and his family followed them. They went down to 70, and 400 years later, they're, they're huge. Historians think over a million plus people. So they're, they're in Egypt, but the Egyptians have made them slaves. And because the Egyptians have made them slaves, these are still God's people, but they are in agony. And the Lord, this is where the Lord gets involved with Moses and he sends Moses down there. But here's the promise in Exodus 30. He said, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from the land to a good land, to a large, to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. I like, that, I like that one phrase that God says, I've seen their sorrows. Isn't that good that God sees? And he even sees when things aren't good. But he promised them a good land, and he also told them there were people living in it. So he said there's good land. God, God's promising them a good land. You know, when we read these things in the Bible, I know we're reading about ancient history. But it's also good to look at that. And aren't you glad that God said, I'm going to send you to a land. It's pretty, it's pretty sketchy. It's pretty scroungy looking. And uh, man, hopefully you can find something good there. No, he said, I've got a good land there. He said, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. 
Now that milk and honey is, is, a, is a metaphor for it's got an abundance of food. There's abundance of food. We who are, are customers of Kroger and HEB, we do not think much about abundance of food. If you go to some other nations in the world and look at their grocery stores, you would be amazed at how little that they have. And you go some places and boy, there's, there's famine. And so we who've grown up in America, we are so blessed. In fact, the problem they say now with our grocery stores is we have too many choices and it can get mind boggling. Go get me some cereal. Oh, but there's only 700 boxes out there to, you know, to choose from. So we think this way. But back in these days, having enough food was huge. And God's saying, I'm gonna give you a land, it flows with milk and honey. There is an abundance of food it's a good land. Guys, we got a good God who has good things for his people. He did not send them to a horrible land. He sent them to a good land. He said that was his promise. And this is where you get the phrase promised land. So people start referring to, you hear that phrase, oh, the promised land. Well, this was the promised land. So Moses if you go, goes through a whole lot of uh, plagues and all that stuff. If, this is a great story in Exodus. I mean, God sends frogs and, and lice and turns the river into blood. Really cool stuff. Makes great movies. And uh, so out all that, but now they're coming out of, of Egypt. They have come through the wilderness and now they're on the cusp of going into the promised land. This is the nation of Israel. They're, they're excited. There it is over there. And God speaks to them again in Numbers the 13th chapter. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one, a leader among them. So you can imagine the whole nation has come. They're right on the cusp of going into the promised land. They've been slaves for 400 years. Now they're going to get their own land and they're going to have land and they're going to be able to work their land. They're excited about this. If you're reading the book of Deuteronomy, it actually said the purpose of the slaves going, uh, the, excuse me, the spies going in was to see the land and to figure out where to go and to, and to take the land. But you notice that God said, the land I'm giving them. So he keeps talking about, I've got a land for you. I'm giving you this land. So th this is the promise for them. And so the objective is send them into the, the spies in and they're going to come back. And, and I would imagine the spies are probably getting people all excited. Oh, man, we have found, we're going to go up this way. We've got that. Man, we're going to go in. It's going to be great. People will be all fired up. And so they sent leaders. Why they send leaders? Because leaders have influence. And so you send the leaders in, the leaders come back, and the leaders were, were to, supposed to tell them about all the good things of the land. Um, Carrie, somebody could tell Terry, I rarely say this, but it's really cold down here. <laughs> are y'all cold? Don't even answer that, because half of you are, half of you are, and I know, I know. But I see blankets out, so it's... it's it's kind of cold. If we have any heat, be wonderful in the Lord's house. <laughs> so we see in, in, Numbers, in Numbers 13. Now, you notice no mention was ever made. See if you can do it. So they come back. This is, they go, they spy out the land. They bring back some fruit. And in Numbers 13 is where you see, where you see the, the, the 12 spies come back and they begin to talk to the people. So how long are you giving us all this background? Because this is important to understand that the people had been living on a promise for, for a long time. They'd gone through the wilderness and God had delivered them and helped them and gotten them through it. So here they are, they're, they're about to receive the promise that God had for them. 
I want you to hear what happens when these 12 spies came back. Numbers 13, 25 through 29. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They actually brought back a, a, a cluster of grapes that they had to carry on between two men on a stick, which is really cool. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Now, this is where you want to go. Well, this is actually where the wheels started to come off. They said, it's good land. They came back and said, it's good land. Look, we got this fruit. We got, we got man, they got, they got land. We got stuff. This is good. They brought back. They said, but here, there's a key word in here. It's nevertheless. We might say, but. But we got a problem. And they said, there are, there are people there. And they list all those ites. Amorites, Jebusites, ites, all the ites. They got ites all over the place. We got them, Canaanites, everywhere there's ites. What's, what's amazing is, didn't we just read before that God said, I'm bringing you into the land of the Canaanites and the Jebusites? And Why were they surprised that there were people there? I, I think, my thinking is, maybe they thought that God would just clear out all the people before they got there. But he didn't. And so, when they, when they started with the but, and they gave a list of the people that are in the land, this is when things started to get squirrely. And here they are telling the people, and they, and they said, but. Have you ever had someone apologize to you and put a but in it? <laughs> so you could, you could say without being crude, keep your butt out of your apology. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, sorry that, I'm sorry that I said that to you, but. I mean, no, as soon as you say but, you just nullify the entire apology. I'm sorry I said that to you, but you made me so mad. That is not an apology. Is this a surprise? I'm sorry, you look at me like this is a surprise. That's not an apology. That's an excuse couched as an apology. <laughs> I know it's cold. Are y'all here tonight? You, uh, you, uh, you've never had anybody do that to you? It's like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't. When you say I'm sorry, just say I'm sorry. Period. No but. When they said, it's a good land, but. What's that tell you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we got a problem. So, here's, now here's where you begin to see the contrast. You have a, what I call the minority voice and the, and the majority voice. Here's the minority voice. It starts up with Caleb. Caleb, thir, uh, Numbers 13, 30 through 33. Then Caleb, Caleb was one of the 12 spies. He quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak that came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so they, we were in their sight. Now this sounds just simply like 
people with different perspectives, but here, is, here becomes the challenge right here. When the, when the 10 spies said, it's a beautiful land, but the Bible said Caleb had to quiet the people. Well, why did he have to quiet them? Because they got stirred up when they heard about all the ites that are in the land. Oh, look at one another. Go, I didn't know we we're going to have to deal with the Jebusites. Those are mean people. And they start talking to one another. And they start, it's all of a sudden, it's a, you've been there. All of a sudden, people are like, they're murmuring back and forth. And you have to go, whoa, whoa. Caleb had to go, whoa, hush, hush. And then he said, let's go up at once. Let's go now. We are well able to overcome it. Now that's a key phrase. He's saying, how, how did Caleb know that? He didn't, he believed that. He believed that God said, I've given you this land. And so he believed that God was going to help them go into land. We're going to see that a little bit later. He believed that God was going to give them that land. So he said, let's go get it. That's a, that, this, is a, this, this is such a key thing. Because so often we can read the Bible and we see promises and we see things in the Bible and, and we read them like it doesn't even belong to us. We see a verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we go, oh, that's nice. Or put that on my refrigerator. That is so nice. It needs to be more than nice. It needs to be yours. You know what I'm saying? It looks great on the refrigerator. It looks better in your heart and in your life. And you begin to say something. And listen, I, I, believe me, I'm not down on you. I see things every day as I'm reading. We're like, hmm, I need to grab hold of that a little bit better. So it's all, it's relative. We're all learning. And so when you, but when you see something, instead of going, oh, I don't know if that can ever work for me. We need to learn to be like Caleb and go, I can do this. You've heard me say this for a long time. I'm going to go right back to it. You ever picked up your Bible and go, I don't understand the Bible? As people say, Alan, I don't understand the Bible. Alan, I just don't understand the Bible. I never liked reading. I hated reading when I was in school. And I hate reading now. And I don't get the Bible. You are not helping yourself. Instead of saying, I don't understand the Bible, why don't you say, the Lord helps me understand the Bible? It's a whole different, it's, it's a different world. I tell I'm going to, Y'all are looking at me like I just rolled in from a planet Mars. So I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do, do. Caleb said, let's go get it. We're well able. But here's where you see the minority voice come in. And he was, now listen, Caleb was not in denial. Caleb didn't say, I didn't see anybody. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see any ites there. It's all great. Let's go. No. He said, let's go now. We're well able to do this. We're well able. Now, when he said that, Caleb is saying what he believes. They hadn't had any battles yet. They hadn't fought anybody yet. Caleb, before anything ever happened, Caleb said, we can do this. Now, next week, we're going we're gonna to show you why he, he said that. But the first thing we need to understand is, Caleb believes that God said we could take this land we're going to take this land. God said, we can do this. And so we're going to do it. That's Caleb's perspective. He believed that. No battles, no fight. But there was a minority report. And it was the voices of we can't. So we got we can't, we can't. It was real simple. 
Alan, what, Alan what, is the, what does it really mean to believe God? I'm going to give you a simple definition. When you read something in the Bible that's a promise to you and you go, I can do that. God can help me. How about, how about this one? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally without reproach and it shall be given him. When you read that, you can look at that and go, great, God can give me wisdom. Or you could read that and go, that's nice. But it doesn't even apply to me. So a lot of times we read and we just read and go, oh, that's nice. That's cur- yeah, maybe Alan will teach you on that. That'd be cool. And we don't make it ours. I said this for a long time. When you make it personal is when it becomes powerful. I can do that. So instead of talking to yourself out of God's promises, we start to talk ourselves into it. Oh, here. Amazing how, many, how quiet this many people can be in one place. <laughs> it's cold. Yes, it is cold. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's look at the, at, the, at the majority of voices. They said, we can't do this. The people are stronger. That was a belief. They hadn't fought anybody yet. So they brought a bad report. And how many of you know when you go negative, it's easy to keep going negative? You ever, ever just started going negative and it got worse? Ever had your kid come in and go, you know, I, you know, I was at school today and Courtney said I was stupid. And, you know, and then, you know, and then you get, your kids go negative. And then, and, and then someone else said I was stupid and everybody says I'm stupid and everybody hates me. And you look at your child and go, you're right, darling. It's across the board. Everybody hates you. <laughs> How many know when you start going negative, it can get really negative? I went to that church and thought the pastor looked at me. There wasn't even a nice look. He probably knows something about me, but he didn't look nice. And other people were looking at me that way. If you start to go negative, it's easy to go negative. You know, here we are again. And, you know, we never have enough money. We're never going to have enough money. My family didn't have enough money. It always happens to me. I know none of you have ever said this. This is for other people. They're going to take this. This is for people who are not here. But have you ever, have you ever noticed how easy that once you start going negative, how easy it is to keep going negative? Why? It's, listen, guys, negative is like floating downstream. It's the easiest thing to do. You're floating on a negative stream. You look around and everybody else is with you. Sure is cold today. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're all going to freeze. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Everyone's negative. Yep. Yeah, probably going to be the hardest winter ever. Oh, if you just said that, it's probably going to be the nastiest winter ever. You know what people would go? No. They would go, oh, yeah, probably we're going to be a horrible winter. <laughs> we're going to lose everything we got. We're going to lose all my plants. I just planted plants last year. They're all going to die. <laughs> Am I wrong? I've, I've often said this. You want, to, you want to jack with the crowd at post office, it's holiday time, step in that long line at Christmas time and listen to people go, I'll tell you what, this post office gets worse and worse every year. <laughs> All you got to do is go, thank God we live in America where we have a good postal system. Amen. And that was a post office employee that just shared that right there. <laughs> That's all you got to do is say that. Thank God we live in America. We've got a wonderful postal system and watch people step away from you like you have leprosy. They're going to back, they're going to back up because once you start going negative, it's easy to go negative. 
Joy and I always talked about the one date that we had. You've heard me say this before. I'll just start numbering all my stories. But uh, when we came to Texas, either one of us was from Texas. We're now naturalized citizens. But when we came, we, uh, we did not know what good Mexican food was. And so we went to that, we went to Poncho's for a while. <laughs> and if you work for Poncho's, I, I'm sorry. I love your quesadillas. They're awesome. And that's it. But uh, um, <laughs> we went to Poncho's. We raised the flag. And someone took me on a business trip. They took me to Papacitos. And, and I came home like, yep. I've discovered heaven. <laughs> I, I, I know where it is. And I'm taking joy and we're going on a date. And someone was watching the kids. And the kids were little. And we'd gotten a report on, on one of our children that was bad. And we talked that problem all the way down. This when this is when there was not one close by. It was AirTex, way down there. So all the way from here to the AirTex, we're talking how bad. And 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 the more we talked, the, the worse it got. And we're sitting there through papasitos and through the green sauce and the and the red sauce, <laughs> through the chili rellenos, through the fajitas. It was one of the worst meals we'd ever had because we started negative and we just flowed with it. You know, tonight, one of the only things that I can help you with, and we'll, we'll, we'll dig into this a little bit more next week, but when you have a temptation to go negative, you're so much better off just simply going quiet because when they started going negative and started talking this way, First they said, we can't take this land. We can't do this. We can't do it. We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. And then they said, then they got negative on the land. Remember they just said it's a good land. Now they said it's a land that devours its inhabitants. It's a, it's a harsh land. It eats people up. We can't do this. And then they said, and we look like grasshoppers in our sight. And so we do in their sight. And what we see right there is just a simple principle of how you see yourself is often how you think other people see you. So we're grasshoppers. You know, they found out 40 years later that the people of the land were terrified of them. They didn't even know it. They said we're grasshoppers. And, And they begin to project. Now, did God ever say... I am sending you in as grasshoppers to be squashed by the people of the land. He never did. He said, I'm giving you this land. And they didn't, they, 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 would, they, they chose not to believe that. They chose to believe every negative thing that those 10 spies said. And so we're going to find out what happened. To, so instead of being happy that night, we're going to find out the people cried all night. Why did they cry all night? Because they believed they couldn't do it. And when you're crying and despondent and frustrated, it's, it's because you, you believe that nothing's good coming. When you believe something good is coming, there's a, there's a lift to you. There's a, there's a, there's a and you know, you know that. When you know something good's coming, there's a little bit of spring in your step. And they lost that because they believed 
a negative report. So what we're, what we're going to see, and we'll, and we'll go into this again next week, but what we've got is there's always going to be a couple of reports for us to believe. We can believe exactly what we see, what people tell us. And maybe, maybe your family has told you that you'll never amount to anything. Maybe they told you you'll never be a success. They told Joy and I they, they didn't think our marriage was going to make it. She's dancing with her, her father on her wedding night, and he goes, doesn't work out with this guy. You can always come live with me. This is a wedding dance. I didn't have anybody believing in us. But you know what? It's not so much whether you have other people believe in you. It's what do you believe? I just believe we're going to make it. And the Lord helped us. So we're, we're, going, to, we're going to see the, we're, we're going to continue this contrast next week. But this week, listen, just think, catch, if, listen to yourself. Catch yourself. What are you saying? What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your future? What are you saying about your kids? What are you, what are you saying? And listen, and, and listen, we've all done it. Listen to how much negative just naturally comes out. But the good news is, is if you can recognize it, you can stop it. And if you can stop it, you can switch it. And instead of going negative, you can go positive. Well, I've never been a positive person. Stop, stop right there. <laughs> I'm not talking about being a, a positive personality. I'm talking about making a heart switch that what God, we sang it tonight. I am who he says I am. And that's the way it's going to be. Say, well, how you always talk about our best days are ahead. Why do you say that? Because I believe that our best days are ahead. I don't believe in backing up. You're getting older. I didn't say my youngest days are ahead. I said our best days are, are ahead. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your goodness to us. And we're thankful that you teach us, you, you help us understand. And Father, thank you that if we've been going in the wrong direction, as we often do, thank you, Lord, that you're able to help us, correct us, and make adjustments so, Father, we can walk in the fullness of your plan for our life. It's available to all of us, and we thank you for it. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, this evening, if you're here and said, you know what, Alan, I appreciate what you shared and everything, but I don't even know if I am a Christian. I don't know if I have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe you're, you're someone that says, I used to, and I used to have a relationship with God, and I got so far away from him. If either one of those situations is you tonight. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. We're going to say a prayer. And, and, and this is your prayer. It's a powerful prayer that enables you to connect or reconnect with God. So again, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you I'm talking to, and you say, Alan, I, I, I want to make sure in my heart that I am a Christian, I am a believer. Or, or Alan, I know I've been a believer, but I've been so far away from God, I want to come back. If either one of those applies to you, would you slip your hand up? Just across the auditorium. Just say, Alan, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, thanks. Anybody else? Great, thank you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one moving around. We're going to say a prayer. If you didn't lift your hand but you wanted to, you can pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray it out loud. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. 
I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. And Father, thank you for helping us walk with you in a way that brings honor to you and is a blessing to the people around. Lord, we give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.